Big Red Junkies. Oh, this is finally, we're finally getting to a season recap. We're going to make this quick and painless because we are over being shitty and boring. and Because it was slow mad. and painful all year? <laughs> uh, it was very painful. Sometimes felt slow, sometimes felt super fast. and It's really, actually, it's kind of hard for me to like even get emotionally ready for this show because I'm so excited about the other stuff that's yeah. happening. Uh for a little timeline of when when we're doing the show, this is the day after signing day. This is the twenty second mm-hmm. of December. After all the excitement and things that have happened with the coaches, and now the <laughs> awesome recruiting class that we're putting together. Yep, it's it's tough to look back on this past year being so shitty and look at it and say, yeah, well, other than diagnosing what we can expect the offensive line to look like from last year to this year, uh, there's not that much. Carryover. Yeah, this I mean, is gonna be quick and dirty. Quick and dirty. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know if you have anything that you wanted to say about the season in general, or or any of that. But I, I don't really have anything. Thank God it's over. I I think I picked us to win eight games, and um, I was shocked that we got our fourth in Iowa. Even though I did say we'd beat Iowa preseason, um, the way that everything went down, the way that the season shook out, I was I was extremely happy, but also shocked that we got that win in Iowa. There were parts of it that went how I thought. Um, obviously, I took the under on the win total. So you also thought this was going to be a lot shittier season than I did. Yes. So <laughs> I was excited about this season. That's what I'm saying. There's, But there are also parts that didn't go like I thought. I mean, there's, a, I didn't know that you could kick an onside kick up 11. Um, In the first game of the year? Any game of the year. I don't give a shit what game it is. <laughs> but I don't understand why you do stuff like that. Uh, obviously going through a two and a half month coaching search. Uh, I didn't see that coming cause we talked about that before the season started. Like, yeah. like what point do you think, do you think a firing happens in the middle of the season? And I remember we said, you know, any combination of maybe North Dakota and Georgia Southern losing, then all bets are off. And that's kind of what ended up happening, obviously with the Georgia Southern. Yeah, but we game. also said, unless we're going to make the higher mid season, we wouldn't, we didn't think we were going to see. Of mid-season yeah, fire. but we didn't yeah. expect to be that bad that early. No, we true. Didn't. I mean, as even uh, Chad didn't think. We no, were gonna be not that, bad that early. <laughs> absolutely not. I did not. We we didn't expect people to want his head on a stick and instead just to pay him money to go away. But, yes. I mean, honest to God, looking back at it now, <laughs> what Matt just said like kind of made me think of it. Looking back at it now, did he just? completely fuck off that Northwestern game just to speed things up. Like, hey, I want to get to that buyout before it dro- drops by half. Well, according to some reports, he didn't do much in the uh, at, on that Northwestern trip. So possibly, yeah, because there was a lot of things, a lot of reports. Much what? Substance abuse? No, I'm just saying he did. Well, whether, sure he didn't play no matter that. what the reason was, he didn't go to a lot of th- things that he was supposed to go to. So, yeah, I mean, he basically did just say fuck off and. Like media things, or like I—I I, I guess this is the first time I'm hearing this. Uh, didn't go to some meetings, uh, whether that was media stuff or like just didn't uh, make it to AA. I'm sure there was. <laughs> I'm sure there were some like public events that they I don't were know that, to I don't be know, at. how much. 
AA is in Ireland. I mean, considering <laughs> how much they drink. So, oh, who knows? We'll see. Well, we won't see, but who knows? I would assume that when we do an overseas game like that, there's some sort of like public engagement yes. stuff that the team mm-hmm. is supposed to be doing, especially the coaches. Yeah. So yeah, you're you're probably right. He probably just fucked off on some of that stuff. Well, it's crazy. We already know that you know, kind of. It seemed like practice was optional for him anyway. Uh, half the time, which so. that's one thing that I think is interesting because there's been other people come out and say there's a lot of head coaches that don't go to every practice. Yes, there's 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 head coaches that do that, not head coaches that are so fingers involved in the fucking prop daily game process. I, I guess I I wouldn't say there's a lot of head coaches that do that, but there are some. But there's also reasons for them. Yeah, like logical reasons, not. Yeah, if you're a proven head coach that's out there recruiting during the season, yes. or you know, you have other things that are, you have going on that are still bettering your program, another yeah, that's totally understandable. Function or something. If you can't find a way to have a winning season and you're not involved in the practices, what the fuck are you doing? Exactly. Yeah. Like Nick Saban probably doesn't skip many practices because he's a psycho. But when he does, but when he does, it's okay. Exactly. So it. If you're if you're whatever Frost ended up being sixteen and thirty two or whatever his final record was, you shouldn't be missing any practices for really any reason. Well, I'm not I'm not trying to diminish anything that he did as a player or as a coach anywhere else. Mm-hmm. But at what point in Frost's life after leaving high school did he face any real adversity in a situation where it wasn't basically set up for him to succeed? I mean, you could say, you know, going to stand try, maybe trying to make it in the NFL. Yeah, I suppose, but that was always a. I'm going to go try this. That's that's just like any of those quarterbacks, though. I'm going to go try this and see if I can fit in, but I don't fit this system, so there's a good chance I'm not going to make it here. And I'll and coach well, I mean, my he, backup. He switched, he switched positions to go on defense. Yeah, became a special teams guy. Uh, I mean, that's trying to do that. Just switch positions in general, not just offense. If position, but going from offense to defense, uh, that's that's hard, especially to try to do it in the freaking NFL. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean that's I would I, I'm but, not going to minimize well, maybe, that maybe and say that that's not for that. D- Definitely nothing to the magnitude of an entire Husker fan base, though. I think is the point. no because, well, because also I'm, if he failed in the NFL, he was just a dude that was yeah. trying to make it and everything else. It's not He's like eighty percent of players exactly. Well, like I said, I wasn't trying to diminish what he did as a player, but. Even when he came back to Nebraska, I mean, he's taking over the helm of a, a team that was already steamrolling and, like, basically you're just a plug-and-play. As play. a player. Yeah, as a player. He was just basically a plug-and-play quarterback. Yeah. And I feel like it was pretty easy for him to get competitive at UCF pretty quickly. Well, and actually, now that you say him coming back as a player, he faced adversity that one year that he had to sit out as a transfer guy because those, def- those defensive guys beat the shit out of him. Uh, both literally and figuratively, they wanted him to quit. They wanted to break him because he's the guy that didn't come here in the first place. And yep. he stood up to all those guys and kept getting up, and that was a lot of adversity. But, I mean, face adversity in the in, in the way of trying to be successful, trying to take a program and make it successful. He didn't have to do that here. No. He wasn't a quarterback dragging a team along. He was, he was just a quarterback. Mm-hmm. But... It doesn't really matter. I just I feel like looking back on everything now, and I was like I said up until all that stuff came out after he got fired. I was a Frost supporter. I was a give him more time guy. 
I didn't believe all the little rumblings that I heard because I thought for sure if the local media knows about this stuff, which they were the guys that would be in the know about this stuff, then we'd know about it too. And like I said, I, I, I made my... I made my piece and said what I said about the local media being pussies about that stuff before. It is what it is. I, th- I still think they should have spoke up about it, and it would have made Travis' job a lot easier coming in as far as getting rid of him. Uh, maybe we'd be a year further along in the process, huh. but at the same time, things happen for a reason. We have rule now. I was going to say, I don't think we, we wouldn't have had rule. Exactly. We wouldn't have got rule. I don't. I mean, looking at how many open jobs there were last year, maybe that's the only reason Frost got an extra year was that we were looking at almost every blue blood out there was looking for a coach. Yeah, that that's that was one of the things that I said. It's like oh, it's almost better that we weren't looking for a coach last year because you know, not to try to diminish our our uh position or our how important our job is, but we would have been lost in the sauce of a USC being open, an LSU being open, a Notre Dame being open, a Florida being open, like all those. And we don't get the we. I don't think we get rule. I don't think we get the coach that we got in this search without the NIL becoming what the NIL has become. Mm-hmm. Uh, like this job became more attractive in the one year extra that we gave Frost. Much more attractive, especially compared to the other jobs out there. Uh, I, I think it became more attractive because of what ended up happening this year because really, I mean, the bottom completely fell out, obviously. Yeah. So there was, I know that technically you could say, don't say it can't get worse because well, it obviously I mean, we, we win one game next but, year like Rule is accustomed to doing his first season at a place. Yeah. We win one or two games next year. There are going to be a lot of people that weren't happy with this Rule hire that are going to get really loud. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, they will. Um. I won't because but I understand like the process, with every coach, you have to give them time. Exactly. You do have to give them time. I don't think this is going to look the same as it did the first year of Baylor. No. He's not completely tearing down a roster and rebuilding it. He is getting rid of some guys. You're not and, sending dudes to prison and replacing them. <laughs> he's doing a really damn good job of filling in the cracks. Yep. Anyway, the last thing that I kind of want to say about Frost, because I do want to move on away from him, for many reasons. Well, I think it's closing the door on him. Is, we're, we're getting our closure right here. Is we had heard last week that he's looking for a podcast to uh, tell his story on. And is Scott, if Come you're the fuck on, bro. We will accept you with open <laughs> arms. Come on, We'll Scott. let you come on here and lie your fucking face off. Do it, pussy. You won't. Oh, God, I would love that. Yeah, that'd be great. But oh, I would ask him every fucking hard question. I just sit back and watch Jed's face. <laughs> God, I wish we were on camera for this I, one. I would, I would need to get strapped into this. Yeah, we have to put Jed on a leash. Yeah. yeah. God, it would be funny though. A chain collar oh, on the whole bit. Could you imagine like how that like? That's one of those like okay, cool. We're gonna sit him where Jed is, so that he's in the corner, so that when he tries to storm out and like get all pissed, I'm just like sit in front of the door, like no, I'm asking you questions, Mike. Matt, turn turn the fucking hot the heat up on the mics. We want to catch this. What all of the intense breathing? Yes. And we shut the closet doors. You can't go hide in the closet from this one. Not again. No. <laughs> So, do you have anything to say about the season in general? Or are we going to jump right into how terribly I did on the preseason over unders and questions? I say we just go into that. that. That is one thing I'm excited about. I mean, you guys both, you guys have been talking about this for a month. <laughs> so, do you want to go over the ones from the Iowa game? 
Or do we even care about those? I mean, it's Iowa lost to a team that was three and eight. So let's that's the funny. Sit here and laugh at them, dude. That is the funniest thing to me about everybody that was bitching yesterday about all the Iowa fans were just so mad about like all of a sudden NIL is the worst thing that's ever happened to college Mm -hmm. football and oh fuck, there's tampering going on with our player and this and that and like. He was a five-star offensive lineman. Yeah, one of the best recruits in the fucking country. You lost him to one of the best recruiters and teams in the last decade and a half. How can it be tampering if he's a high school kid that hasn't signed yet? Yeah. Well, he's not yours. There's there's tampering. There's that. But I'm just simply talking about the fact that why why would he want to go there? Yes, he, he committed verbally to you guys a while ago. He committed verbally to you before you had an atrocious... I think he was committed like preseason, if I'm not mistaken. No idea. But you had a terrible year. You don't have an offensive coordinator at all. You have a terrible... You have one. Well, I mean, yeah. (laughs) The guy physically exists, and he has the title. He's terrible at it. He's worse than Matt Patricia. First Patriot reference right there. Uh (laughs) I'm talking about how fucking terrible they are this year. Well... That's because Matt Patricia is not an offensive coordinator. Well, he's he's pretending to be one, just like Brian Ferentz. Yeah, um, they have an awesome transfer quarterback that's coming in from Michigan that can't get on the field, who's a crybaby. But is they're going to be he that awesome? They're going to be awesome? great this year. Yeah, I, you I want me to read that quote? From I was joking. Oh yeah, read the quote. I couldn't remember what it was. I'm glad you pulled it up. <laughs> so yeah, Cade McNamara on playing for the for Iowa next year. He's the backup. Well, he was a starter, now backup quarterback from Michigan, transferred out. He said, please just keep on saying it's the shittiest offense in college football. Please just think we are going to be so shit next year. Please. Sounds like an angry kid trying like, to catch his breath. Okay, we, we will. Yeah. Cade, don't worry about it. We, we will make sure to keep saying that. because Him being excited about playing in Brian Iowa's offense, offense is almost as funny God. as the Florida fans being super excited about Graham Mertz coming in as a yes. trace. To, to be fair... <laughs> It is pretty exciting to be able to work up from absolutely nothing. So if you I, can walk in and say, I'm the shit because we're better than we were last year when you could barely get positive point. yards that's last year. That's a fair year. point. I'm sure he's excited. It'll be funny to see what Florida fans think of Graham Mertz about game three when he's completed like 17 passes. He is a former five-star quarterback, though. What the fuck <laughs> happened to him? That just that shows you what the star That's rating what is. Former five star quarterback <laughs> who broke both of his hands, elbows, and arm and shoulders, and never got them repaired. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, <laughs> coming back to this lineman that's leaving, though, how much did his stock actually improve over this last high school season? He's been a five star the whole time. Has like, he been? He, he's been like the. Did he just not realize? Class. Did he not have well, offers from Alabama? Here, ahead here was of time? my thing. Like, I didn't finish my point. Was you go through that terrible season? You don't have any sort of semblance of an offense. You've got a backup who's been benched after being a starter at Michigan, coming in already talking shit, and you got beat by a three and three and eight team, the last game of the year. With an interim head coach. With an interim head coach who can't even play fucking defense or offense either. So, and an inju- why would you want to go there? And an right. injured quarterback. And it's not like, and here's the thing, like, 
yes, Iowa does this. They cycle. They're they're kind of like Northwestern. About every four years, Iowa's good for ten or eleven wins, and they're going to creep up into that like top fifteen, top ten, and maybe even top they're five. They're never bad. Weren't they like number two in the country two or three years ago for a hot yeah. minute? Yeah, it was a couple more and, than. And they're they're good for a top five win every once in a while. Ference is a good coach, just like what yes, just is. like what uh, Brett was talking about on our last show. Yeah. Ference is a great coach. He said he's the only coach that he ever asked to get a picture taken with, mm-hmm. which I thought that like that carried some serious weight with me. Just like, granted, he said, well, I, I and don't, obviously he's a developer. Yeah, obviously he's a developer, and and that's one thing. But th- but that why would you go be the man, the five star guy walking in on O line to that shit show that they have there? And in right now, Ference with his son is doing the exact same thing that Bill Belichick, Patriots reference number two, <laughs> damn, is doing with the fucking. I like Patriots. how he's calling himself out. Oh, on these because now it's, <laughs> no, it's like it's planned ahead. Jed, this is the first time in in all of our years of knowing each other that you've ever seen me be an angry Patriots fan, and I'm not just angry about the Patriots. I'm angry specifically at Bill Belichick because he's being ignorant, just like Kurt Ference is. Being ignorant about the fact that he does not have an offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I, I don't need one. I got him. Uh, I don't give a fuck. He, you know what? Matt Patricia is a legitimate rocket scientist. He's an astrophysicist. He's a doctorate in it. But he only cool. has one side of the ball. You know what he doesn't out. have a doctorate in? Offensive coordinating. Like, <laughs> figure the fuck out. Obviously, neither is Brian Ferentz. So, Iowa fans... In case any of you are listening, I know there's at least one of our fans that lives in the middle of Hawkeye country, and he's going to love hearing this. Go fuck yourselves and stop whining. <laughs> that was an aggressive... That's like, a reach out for you there, Brandon. Right clap, clap. It. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> Clip that out. Put it as your ringer for a text tone or whatever you want, just so your wife hears it all the time. Jesus. All right. <laughs> She's a Hawkeye fan. Well, do you oh. want? Let's just go through these then. <laughs> we're just gonna skip over the. Rest There's of no transition. It's just <laughs> no. All right, we're moving on. Uh, the first question for the season was yards per carry allowed by Nebraska's defense. It had continuously gotten better through the years. We put it at uh, four point one six. Oh no. <laughs> That's not good at all. <laughs> the fact that you're at Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> I don't think it ever got much below four and a half. Uh, it ended at four and a half. Right at four and a half. Yeah. So we hit the under. Like the first, no. We had oh, it at four, put it at 4.6. 1.16. My bad. I, I yeah. missed the one part. There was no way. Uh, well, like the first four games, it was at like four <laughs> or 5.5 yeah. 5 or something. Well, if you remember, we, we did expect like our defense to, to leak a little bit this year yeah. because we knew we were coming. Leak we a little that many bit, not back. sink entirely. Man, it had a. When we fired our D coordinator halfway through the season, it definitely helped. Yes. The, the fans were the only ones that took the under on that one. So that nice was job, stupid. fans. Goddamn. <laughs> Good work. Uh, the one that was pro- that's probably the biggest disappointment of the season as far as the team itself goes, and obviously the team itself was a big disappointment, but uh, aspects of our team is Nebraska punt returns of 10-plus yards. I mean, obviously that's a question every, every week. Was um, it zero? It was we had two in that one game. But what was the over under? It was well, so I had it I put it initially at like three and a half. And then you and Josh were like, Oh my god, over, blah blah blah. <laughs> All this other stuff. So I'm like We should have brought Josh back in for this show. So uh 
Then we mo- I moved it to like. He knows on the radio literally right now. Yeah, actually. Uh, yeah, he is. Um, Should we call him from the show? <laughs> call in show to show? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so then we moved it up to like nine and a half to see if it would get to double digits. And you both still took the over. And then I moved it down to eight and a half. Jesus. And, uh, let's see. Just in case you're wondering, you didn't hit it. Yeah, you were like, yes. Yeah, so I went over. over. Oh we, God, yeah. You and the fans took the over. We had what? I'm not gonna lie. I really Three? thought Trey Palmer two. was gonna just be the two. guy. Yeah. The one game. Yeah, and Trey Palmer didn't have any of them. So Trey Palmer yeah. didn't. No, want he, had, he had the one. I'm sorry. He had 22 he, yards. On he the one. only. I mean, I would say if we. I'm sure you don't have this number, but I'm sure if we looked it up, he was probably in on less than 25 percent of the punt returns. Yeah, he didn't have very many punt returns, especially at all. towards the end of the season. Yeah. Oh, even at the beginning of the season. He wasn't the guy back there. No. I remember watching the Northwestern game thinking, what the fuck? I thought Trey Palmer was like the special team specialist coming in. Which is the biggest reason why I had the question at where I did because he was every that's what everybody talked about going into the season. So it made sense to have that type of question. Everybody was freaking out. Trey Palmer, Trey Palmer, punt return, punt return. And so I did the whole ten plus yards because you know, we needed to flip the field a little bit. But yeah. Clearly, that was never really a factor. Um, so, it, the thing is, like I said, I, I they, initially... They actually seemed like they were coached to just fair catch everything. Yeah. Well, depending on who was back there, you knew it was a fair catch immediately. Yeah. But... Um, we never set up any coverage. No. no. That was something that never changed this year. We didn't... We, we I don't know why. Even with a special teams coordinator this yeah. year, we could not set up coverage no. on a punt return. We never were going for it. We were never trying to bring the house to, like, it, it just seemed like. Except for in the game where we blocked it once. We were going for it. That That's day. true. Mm-hmm. That was, I think, if I'm not mistaken, that was the first game after firing. Um, it was the Indiana game. Yeah, it was Indiana. Yeah. Would have been the first game that Bush was in charge of the mm-hmm. D. Um. It, it was it was kind of funny looking back on these that my initial number of three and a half still would have hit the under. Oh yeah, so uh, sacks by Nebraska's defensive leader. Uh, I put it at nine and a half to just see if they were going to get to double digits. Uh, I said two of them were going to get to double digits, and it was Garrett Nelson led the team with five and a half uh, sacks. Jesus so Christ. didn't really do a whole lot there. Um. Let me scroll down. To How many did Mathis end up with? Did anybody That's what take I was just going to back to look? Did anybody take the over outside of BJ? Uh, on the sacks, I, I think I think Josh did. Nope. Josh for one. Josh went nine and one out of these ten questions. Holy shit! Good work, Josh. <clears throat> I went to eight and two. And BJ went uh, three and seven. <laughs> <laughs> yep, seems legit. It's going to be a lot easier for the uh, optimistic guy to be. Yes. A little better this year. O'Shawn yeah. Mathis was number two on the team with three and a half sacks. Kool-Aid's going to rule this Jed year. Might, Jed might try and steal some of my thunder. With what? Drinking the Rule-Aid. No. Um, Run-pass ratio. That was, this was a big conversation with the uh, Whipple offense that he likes to chuck the ball around. Um, and in his previous stops, he would throw the ball like 55% of the time on all of the plays. That never really came to fruition because it was actually 50. So I put it at 55% pass. It actually was 55% run uh, for this year. Some of that was probably 
Casey Thompson Casey getting injured, getting hurt, yeah, um, and all of that. But still, it was it was kind we of had, a surprise. We had for, two and a half games where we couldn't throw the ball. Exactly, it was kind of a surprise, to just at least for a Whipple offense in general, not to just chuck the ball around like crazy. Uh, obviously, again, BJ, you were the only one that took the over on that one. Legit. Uh, Nebraska points per game for offense. I put it at 30 points. Clearly, we were not close to that, especially in the middle part of that season. What did we end up, like 24 and a half? 22 and a half. Jesus Christ. Yeah. The only good thing, I mean, this is... Holy the, mother and child. This was your one of your three wins. You're the only one that took the under on that 30 points per game. Which is weird, considering you thought we were going to win eight games, but you took the under on 30 points a game. Yeah, it is weird. It is weird. I think I was drunk. The funny thing is, I remember that show, and I was not. And no, I didn't even you weren't drink at that all. Because that was a, that was the one where we only had one drink, and when we bitched at Matt for not. I think I think us. I was actually hungover because <laughs> I think I was drinking water that day. Yeah, I think you actually pick better when you're drunk. Um. Rushing yards by the leading running back. We'll put it at 550 yards. Obviously, Anthony Grant hit that over very early in the season. Oh, yeah. Granted, he struggled towards the end. And I took the over in that one. I remember it. Uh, No, you did not. Fuck off. I did, too. No, you did not. He couldn't couldn't get momentum towards the end of the What did I do? You you thought you didn't think that it was going to be a one back guy here's my thought on you, anthony you thought it grant. would be more of a committee and that's, that's oh that's right i remember that. saying that now here's my thought on anthony grant anthony grant um was a product of the defenses we were playing early in the season i think yes i think he would i think he's good don't get me wrong mm-hmm. i think honestly it's one of the few times that we saw real analysis and um i also think it hurt having A.J. Allen get injured to give him breaks. I agree with that slightly um, because I don't I don't think his carries really picked up that much when A.J. Allen went out. They just moved on to somebody else. You can double-check on that, yeah, but no. I, I truly think that we got into the meat of our schedule, and from Rutgers on, the defenses were better, and that's basically when he stopped being as efficient or good as he was. And that's what I was about to say is I think the only good bit of analysis uh, and actual truth that we got out of Scott Frost at any point in a press conference this season was when he said, don't go crowning Anthony Grant. He's not the only guy guy back there, blah, 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 all mm-hmm. that shit. Because um, he was probably right, actually. Anthony Grant had four or five really good days outside of that. He was pretty average when it comes to being the starting running back on a football team in well, Power 5. And he was clearly the best running back on the team. Oh, absolutely. But I agree with you. I mean, I, other AJ, AJ Allen had a couple couple good games where he looked like the, the number one guy. That's but. the difference between good and not great. That's also somewhat a testament to the offensive line because if, if the line is struggling more, the running back is going to struggle. More. Sure, and I get that. Yes. That also is a product of playing better defenses. Yes. So it's hard to say exactly if it was all his more fault. Well it, was, it was a combo of a lot of things. That's, that's it good. Was. It's not great. Yeah. I'm not saying he's not great. I would, I, I'm would. i saying right now I would not be shocked if he's not our number one running back going into next season. I think it depends on how healthy A.J. Allen is and if A.J. Allen stays. And who else we've brought in. I, th- I still think it's between those two guys. Definitely, maybe. Initially. 
Um, Definitely, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Turnover margin for Nebraska, basically I put it at even, and it ended up being minus three. Uh, I was the only one who took the under on that one. Uh, The dickhead question by myself is uh, penalties by Bryce Benhart. Oh, I was going to say, I thought we already talked about the punt returns. No, ah. that's, that's not a dickhead question. That's just a legitimate question for what's going on. It's just Jim penalties really by Bryce Benhart. I'm actually excited to hear this. So we, I put the number at six and a half. I've had some rants on that kid this year. Some? Do we have? A I, I don't know about a rant, it? but maybe just giant bitch fests. Sure. <laughs> uh, we all took the under on that one. He had four penalties, two false starts, two holdings. Well done, everybody. And he really only had one penalty in the last like six games. So. I mean, other than I was gonna say, he only played about half time those games too. The team as a whole did much better this year with penalties. Yes, absolutely. That is one thing that was majorly improved from the beginning of the season. Yep. Some could say that maybe they did better because they just let everybody run right by them. Yeah, there's no holding if you don't block anybody. (laughs) But that's uh, you know, hey, coach, I didn't get any penalties on that drive. Yeah, Yeah, you're right, but you also gave up a three and out. But your quarterback is getting smashed on every play. I ain't running away. Maybe try to hold it. By the way, you're the reason Casey Thompson needs surgery in the offseason. Number nine, number of guys with double-digit tackles for loss. I put it at one and a half, so I'm trying to get two people at double-digit tackles for loss. I do think this is the one that I took two on. Uh, you took the over. I didn't put a number on there. Whatever, yeah. Whatever you said. But it ended up being zero because the tackles for loss leader was Garrett Nelson. Again, he had nine. Oof. Wow. So, I, I really felt like that was more. Who came in second then? Colton Feast with seven. Is not feasting as much as we expected. No. But he is, he is like drastically better than we thought he was going to be. Yes, that's I mean, true. They, they put him as the defensive lineman of the year. Is he still going to be Nebraska? Is he still going to be here next year? He's, he's got a decision to make. Well, you know, there's it's Garrett Nelson and Colton Feast is who they're kind of waiting on to see if they're going to transfer or leave or whatever NFL whatever they're going to do. So, well, I don't know why they do NFL. We're just this year, we're but. just waiting on word that they're going to come back. But at the same time, it's it's kind of one of those weird things. You it's could almost see like a Casey so- Thompson thing where you're waiting for their word, but it's like, do I have to tell you that we're coming back, or can we just keep showing up? Right. Like that's the thing. I, I do think it's interesting that it's like, oh, I'm I, I'm waiting to be publicly told that they're coming back. Yeah, like, maybe they're just at home enjoying the off season with their families, and they're going to be ready to come back for spring ball. Yeah, there's nothing saying that, like, if they were going to enter the transfer portal, why wouldn't they have done it by now? Right. A, it's kind of like with what, uh, or if they were going to graduate and not come back to college. Yeah, well, Garrett Nelson can't do that. He's only in his third Thompson year. Can. He's not out. Well, he can leave. Well, he. Can, Anybody can quit college whenever they want to. I'm saying that if he's if he he's not graduating this year is what I'm saying. I don't. It's kind of one of those plan on the sun coming up until it doesn't. Yeah, it, it's yeah. it's kind of like with what rules said yesterday, and I, and we're not going to get too much into the coaching stuff uh, on this episode at least. But it's kind of with what uh, rules said yesterday about Donovan Rayola. He said that they interviewed a handful of offensive line coaches. Donovan was one of them. He told Donovan, "Hey, you know." I'll let you know, blah, blah, blah. But Donovan just kept showing up. He kept coming into work because he wasn't, yeah. he wasn't let go yet. But in rules, like half the half of life is just showing up every day. And he kept showing up and he liked him and 
that's why he ended up keeping him. It's kind of the same thing with Garrett Nelson, Colton Feast, or any other player. It's like, well, can I just keep showing up? I mean, do I really have to tell you that I'm coming back? Well, and this, I mean, this quote from his press conference yesterday is one of the things that I think, like, when he said this, the first person I thought of was Garrett Nelson. Mm-hmm. He said, if someone only wants to come to play for us and play for me because of what we or someone else can help them with NIL, that's not really what I'm looking for. I'm looking for someone that wants to come here and be a part of a family, that wants to come here and fight, scratch and claw for us to win a national championship. Yeah. There's not anybody on our team that I can think of in the last five years that I would look at any more than Garrett Nelson and say, fits that exactly. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, I've I said it a couple different times this last year. I said, I think he has so much heart and so much love for the program. Sometimes he's just a big, dumb teddy bear up there on the podium, and he sounds like an idiot, and he can't, can't keep control of himself. It's like he's excited to be up there. Yes. He plays like that sometimes. And exactly. we saw him mature a little bit and get beat up a little bit more this year and mature some, and some of the podium stuff slowed down a little bit for him. And I think getting under a real developmental staff and a staff that's going to Find the best place for him. Maybe, maybe what he was doing before was more than we were asked, like more than we should have been asking for him. I don't know, but we're also bringing in some people that are going to be able to help him out. And the D line, at, at, on its own, just from what happened yesterday in the transfer stuff, is going to be better next year than it was this year. I, I always, every time I think about Garrett Nelson and like his freshman year, where he was. I always reference this, like the scene in Tommy Boy where he's sitting down wanting the wings, and he's like, I'm like, JoJo, the idiot circus boy with a pretty new pet. <laughs> like, that, exactly. That was Garrett Nelson his freshman year. He was so just so damn excited to be there, and he just wanted to get out there and make plays and run, 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 and he half the time he ran the wrong way, but <laughs> he's out there and he's playing. And he... Like you said, things whether it was on the podium or on the field, things started to slow down for him, and yeah, you could they see did. it. They did. And but that's also... He, be, he seemed like he became more of a man instead of a boy. Yes. That kind of speaks to developing players, though. It we, also speaks a little bit to getting your dick pounded well, the whole fucking season. Well, continuously. But... We talk about how we want a coach who's going to develop these players. It's not only develop them as players, but develop them from being high school boys into being men who mm-hmm. play football. Yep. And so that's something that I'm hoping... Rule can rule can accomplish for us, and you might see that almost instantly with him. He already kind of started learning the lessons. Maybe yeah. he's just going to get pushed right and in the right direction. By the way, when I was doing that Tommy Boy imitation, I'm glad that we're not doing video right now because that was <laughs> beautiful, folks. It's I thought it beautiful. was fantastic. <laughs> um, last question was just flat out wins over under, and I put it at the Vegas odds. It was I seven was and a half. Way fucked on that one. I took the over. Yes, you did. The fans, by the way, were four and six on their picks. So, you were the worst. Wow. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. So, I, I do have two other questions that I have for you for the season. Uh, what would you say on both sides of the ball, player-wise, is your biggest breakout surprise on offense and on defense? I know I'm kind of springing this on you, so I'll just give you my surprise. Turn. Yeah, just breakout star, breakout. I, I took I the way I looked at it was surprise. A but good thing or a bad thing? I guess you could go both ways. Yeah, but, that was actually going to be my first question because I was going to start on defense. Exactly. And say, uh, O'Shawn Mathis would be my biggest surprise in a bad way. In a bad way. Mm-hmm. I thought he was going to come in. Not that and, he was horrible. It was no, just the he hype was, coming in. He wasn't horrible, yeah, but he, the he hype wasn't coming what in he was expected to be at all. 
You know, and it's funny because is that his fault or there were some guys yesterday that were talking some of both local media guys yesterday that were talking about this Prince Will. I'm just going to call him you because yeah. <laughs> how the fuck do you say that? Last I've time? heard it a couple of times. I'm trying you to remember. Mama. Yeah, yeah. You and you and me and my mama. That's like yeah, <laughs> something like that. Mama. If I look, if I looked at it again, I could probably get it. But yeah, um, they were talking about they were drawing the connection to him and Oshan and how they come from the same high school, the same small town. Um, you know, obviously this place puts out great, great DNs, blah, blah. And I'm like, great. Eh, question that. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It it also makes me wonder why he wanted to leave a TCU program last year so bad that they wound up a top, you know, top four playoff team this year. And he's not there. I think that was a situation where he loved his old coach so much that he wanted, to, he didn't want to stay there. Sure. Maybe whatever. I think I, I don't, I don't know. Pure speculation. Don't well, know. But... Don't care. Honestly, he's gone now. Um, I thought he was going to be better, and he wasn't. Um, my surprise breakout on the offensive side of things is probably – I'd probably have to say um, Marcus Washington. Okay. Just because I did not expect him to do anything this year. He struggled early, but he, he did. came along. He, well, he, he became our most reliable option mm-hmm. in the second half of the season. Yep. Yes, Trey Palmer was still the explosive one and yes. still outgained him in a lot of games. But if you look at the actual catches, mm-hmm. there's a considerable there's a considerable chunk that went his way. Yes, Matt, you got anything? No, I, he literally took the exact same two things. Okay. I was going to so fuck you, but also I agree with everything <laughs> you said. <laughs> well, because I'm always Anthony Grant was a close second for me, honestly. But he wasn't that shocking to me. I I kind of expected that out of him. He was kind of shocking to me just because I didn't. Think any of our running backs and are going to be? I'd like to say special as a surprise on the negative. The defense as a whole was just surprisingly fucking awful until. And we, we got knew that they were going to take a step back because of the guys that they lost, but they took a leap. A back. step back, like, not fall clear down the fucking steps. Yeah. If I was going to say one more person that is an is a negative in my opinion, that'd be our two boys on the left side of the offensive line before they got hurt. And I realized Prohaska was supposedly not 100% healthy and shouldn't have come back when he did. Um, but those two guys, when they were in the game, were not nearly as effective as I expected them to be. Well, I think, I mean, especially with Corcoran being one of the top five or six recruits we've ever had in Husker football history. I don't know that I could really judge how well Prohaska played because of the injury situation. Yeah, so that, that that's why ever I, said, so, I mean, it's That's why I said that. It, I'm giving him that caveat. I... I'm going to wait to judge him until he's actually 100% healthy. Yeah. Um, because I'm always positive. I'm going to give you two positives. So positive. <laughs> hang on. Hang on. I got something for this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, the one on offense that I had, it, it was unfortunate, and I brought him up just a bit ago, it was uh, he had a lot of hype going into the year as a possibility, but still being a true freshman and playing the way that he did is A.J. Allen. I mean, I wish that he would have been healthy all year to see how he would have progressed. He only played in the first four games. Yeah. Um, and the one on defense I have, I, I wanted to say Ernest Hausman because he sucked at the start of the year and then he got better, but he left to go to buttfuck Michigan. So <laughs> who cares? So he can buttfuck himself. Uh, so he can ride the bench there too? Like. So I'm I'm gonna stick with a guy that's actually gonna be here next year, and that's Malcolm Hartzog, the defensive back, who came in. He played the last seven games of the year. That first game against Rutgers, a little sketchy. He had a couple of times where he got turned around. He did get an interception in that game. 
but he he got better and better and better as yeah. the year went on. And I really like the fact that he's a true freshman and coming back next year. And I love the potential for him and Quentin Newsom on the you know to bookend that backside of the defense for next year. So th- those were there, there's kind a of my pro- breakout. There's guys. a potential for some serious growth there. Absolutely. Good shit, man. Well, fuck off, 2022. Yes, we are. We are ready to be over. Be gone, thought. Be over you. We are going to be are renewed. Looking, looking forward to the future. We're renewing this shit. And this may be the most unbelievable night in Cornhusker football history. <laughs>